So I got to thinking the other day and couldn't help but notice how people step up and create GoFundMe pages and make all this money for somebody after they just passed. I mean, easy too. I'm talking five, 10, 20,000 in a matter of minutes. And it's a beautiful thing. That's how it should be. However, there's a part of me that couldn't help but think to myself that if unfortunately I was in the position of the person who had passed, I would feel as if, if you have the means to create an account that will build $20,000 for me in the matter of minutes. Well, damn it, why didn't you do this when I was broke? And alive. What am I going to do with it now? Where were you when I was broke? I mean, you make $10,000 in minutes. I've spent years trying to get $5 out of people. You know how many people owe me $100? $20? Somebody owe me $3 from 7th grade for them fries I got them. I ain't forget. I want my money. And don't be the guy who owed me $3 my entire life. And now all of a sudden I'm gone and you want to put $100 in my GoFundMe to make yourself feel better. No! I don't want it. There's nothing I can do with it. $3 while I'm alive is worth more than a million dollars while I'm dead. I don't care what you donated. I still don't like you. <laughs> if you can build this money for me, do it while I'm alive. Don't do it when now I'm your responsibility because I can't take care of myself anymore. What's that money do for me? Y'all want to help? Do it now. Whatever money you would put into my GoFundMe, I'm telling you, I'm talking to you, listening right now. Whatever amount of money that you would put into my GoFundMe, if it popped up on your thread, take that amount of money out of your account and send it to me now. <laughs> I'm never going to start an OnlyFans. That's not my move. Let me not say never because I've seen some of them checks. But chances are it's not going to happen. So my way of getting some extra income from my followers, just send me the money that you would put into my GoFundMe if I weren't here. And when that time comes and you look at the GoFundMe and you think to yourself, well, he said, I'm cool with that. I'm dead. What I'm going to do with it then? I don't care where you put me. Give it to me when I'm alive. Everybody always become a better person. Towards you when you're not around. It's time for change. Welcome to In The Moment. Uh, there's a moment in everything and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. If this is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitchell, your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners. Episode 57. We in the building another week, clap it up for yourself if you're here You could be anywhere, but you're right here with me and I appreciate it as always Welcome to the best hour of your week Or maybe it's the weakest hour of your best, either way It don't matter, you're here Oh yeah, I forgot I could rap, say that's boss That's just to make sure you're awake 
positive energy from me to you as always. If you listening, you glistening. I was off the top of the dome too. I don't play with these bars, man. But thank y'all. <laughs> Once again, the in the moment gear is available and it's moving. It's getting better every week. I appreciate y'all. Shout out to you if you purchase some in the moment gear. That's for you. If you have not purchased any in the moment gear, then that applause is not for you. I still love you, and I'm glad you're here, but that applause is not yours. Don't claim it. If you're with somebody and they haven't purchased any in-the-moment gear, look at them and say, neighbor, I'm going to need you to do better. All right. Some of y'all go to church every Sunday and actually said that because it's just in you. You have to. Anytime you hear somebody go, neighbor, you just it's just in you. You have to look to the left or the right. You just do. Some of you don't know that's not for you. However... Something that's for everybody is the reasons I'm mad. So let's get into it. I know what time it is. So I posted something on uh, Instagram and Twitter this week, and it got a lot of interaction, and it got a lot of people to thinking, and I guess they had never thought about this before. But this came up because there was a day when I sneezed, and I, you know, the person that I was with didn't bless me, and so I did. And so... Naturally, I blessed myself. Not exactly sure what else you're supposed to do in that situation, so I gave him a little, Achoo! bless me. And they looked at me and was like, did you just bless yourself? I said, absolutely, I did. I don't know what you thought was going to happen there. And then they started laughing at me, and I was like, yo, hold up. You're judging me for blessing myself when I feel like I should be judging you for not. That is nasty behavior to just take the L in that situation. And this made me post on my social medias. When you sneeze and you're alone, no one's around, what do you do? And so I learned that a lot of people bless themselves, but a lot of people also don't. Because I asked, do you bless yourself or do you take the L? A few people asked me, what does take the L means? <laughs> that just means you don't bless yourself. You, you, you miss the blessing because... I once read something to the extent of when you sneeze, you lose like a second of breathing or maybe two seconds. I don't remember exactly what it was, but this is what someone told me. And so people say bless you because you stopped breathing for a little bit. And so you have to be blessed for it. And I have no idea if that's true. But either way, I felt like if that's true, I realized well, then regardless of if anyone is around or not, that it's important you still lose a couple seconds of breathing. So I would want to be blessed every time. So I started blessing myself when no one was there or even if someone is there and they don't feel like passing the blessing. I'll take it. Bless me. Thank me. And yes, I thank myself after I bless myself. <laughs> I thought this was normal. I thought everyone did this. You know, you just sneeze and just keep going. You know how many blessings you've missed? Every time you sneeze, it's like a coupon for a blessing. You know how many people just buy things and don't stop to search and see if there's a coupon? Why would you do that? You could have probably saved $5 on over 5,000 things you've purchased in your lifetime had you just simply searched for a coupon. Do the math. That's how many blessings you've missed. Every time you sneeze, you better go get your blessing. Go get, go get. 
I bless myself. I thank myself for blessing myself. Yes. I go through the whole process. Bless me. Thank me. Have a great day, Mo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe not to have a great day part, but I'm certainly blessing myself. If you don't, something's wrong. And I'm mad at the people who don't bless themselves after they sneeze. If no one is willing to bless you, then you bless you. And I'll get into that a little more. Later on in the pod. Who's next? Side note. It's kind of wild how you can't sneeze anymore. It's starting to actually annoy me now. At first it was cute. You know, you sneeze at you. Oh, you got Corona. Ha ha ha. All right. Like, I want to get to the point where I can sneeze again. I'm tired of being judged for doing normal humanly things that I can't help. You know, like you can't cough. It can't just be me. Every time I'm in public now, I feel like it's so important to not sneeze. Like you used to try to not sneeze in class or at a speech in a library, somewhere where it's quiet, you don't want to interrupt. That's not fun when you got to keep trying to force your sneezes back. And now I just do it, period. Doesn't matter where I am. I just don't want anyone to see me sneeze, ever. Because as soon as you sneeze, you got corona. As soon as you cough, like we can't do anything anymore. You can't sniffle. You know, nose is running. You do the little, nope. Oh, got it. What do you mean? If you rub your eye, got it. Rub your hands together. Oh, it's a little cold, so you have a little shivel. Oh, and no matter what you do, they look at you like you're having an outbreak, man. I'm tired of it. It's frustrating. I just want to be able to sneeze and cough again like a normal human being. Who's next? I ain't gonna lie, I'm kind of mad at Macy's. And being a New Yorker, I love Macy's. I do. We got the Macy's Parade, world famous Macy's over there on 34th, all those type of things. Been going to Macy's since I was a kid. But I learned something about Macy's the other day <laughs> that I couldn't help but feel some kind of way because uh, my grandmother recently passed and spoken openly about it. And how difficult it's been for me. But beyond that, when you pass, somebody has to call all of the people that you owe money to and tell them that you're no longer with us. And I learned that as someone was making these phone calls for my grandmother, everyone was like, okay, sorry for your loss and we'll terminate the account. Which is how you think it will go. More times than it wouldn't, right? I mean, what do you want me to do? But no... All of these places were sorry, except Macy's. Macy's was like, I'm sorry to hear about that, but uh, while I got you, can you pay it? Wait a minute. <laughs> Macy's, come on, fam. Really? Don't get me wrong. I can understand if my grandma owed like 20, 30,000. I get it. No matter how big your company is, if someone owed you 20, 30, right? Something that would have been built in a GoFundMe. I can understand how the company would feel like, you know, well, I just got to take my shot. Is there anyone in the family who would be willing to pay it? When somebody owes a few hundred dollars, man, you kidding me? <laughs> you actually going to ask the person if they have it? Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your moms and all that, but do you have it? Man, if I did, 
I'm damn sure I'm not giving it to you now. I don't care how much we get from the GoFundMe. <laughs> if the people who owe me money when I was alive won't give it to me until I'm dead, then damn sure don't ask nobody that's alive to pay nobody else no money I owed them when I was here. What are you talking about? Hell no. Like, I don't even have the audacity to ask people for money when I know they're going through a hard time. You know how many times that has happened to me in life? Somebody owe you some money? And I'll follow him on Facebook and wait for him to post something that looks like it cost anything. I don't care what it is. A vacation, new sneakers, a haircut. I don't care. If you owe me $20, I dare you to post a Facebook picture with a new haircut. Because I know that cut costs more than $20. Give me my money. <laughs> but sometimes people know exactly what to do when they owe you money. I've called my friends. And it seemed like they always know when I'm calling them to collect. If I call them and it's just on a regular phone call, it's always the same thing. Yo. Yo, what up, fam? How you doing? Everything good? Man, I'm out here living life, getting money. We doing what we do. Soon as I call them when they owe me money, it's a little different. Yo. Yo, what's up? Bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm out here hurting, man. I'm struggling. Trying to find a babysitter for the kids, man. Wife is on me. Lost all 12 of my jobs. It's crazy. It's really wild. Fam, I just called to see if you saw the newest episode of Snowfall. I didn't need nothing. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Franklin is crazy. Oh, wow. It's amazing how it changes. And in those moments, though I know I actually called for my money, I don't have the audacity to say, I don't care that you can't find a babysitter. Where's my $20? But here's Macy's. I don't care who died. Can you pay it? If you're a business owner, man, weigh the amount of money you make in a year and ask yourself if it's worth it to tell somebody in the heat of that kind of moment that they should find a way to pay you anyway. Oh, man, I spend, you spend so many years, so many years loving something or someone, and then they do something that makes you say, well, how long have you felt this way? And that's another thing I'm mad at. Who's next? <laughs> Has there ever been moments where you find yourself in a situation where something happens and you have to ask yourself, well, how long have you had these feelings? Like one of your friends will start talking to somebody you used to talk to. Soon as y'all stop. Whoa. There's a lot of women in the world, fam. How long have you felt this way? We've double dated. <laughs> or you leave a job and somebody you used to work with unfollows you. Ever had that happen? And you just can't help but ask yourself, wow. Well, how long have you felt this way? Like all those times you said good morning? Every time we met by the coffee and I sat there and pretended to care why you told me about what happened the night before? You were just waiting to unfollow me? How long have you felt this way? Sometimes you have somebody blow up on you while they drunk. Tell you a whole bunch of things they never told you before. Make you go, wow. Well, damn. Say it with me, y'all. How long have you felt this way? 
Oh, man, IG would do that to you. You know what else IG does? It got me mad, feeling some kind of way. Them damn clothes that they sell. We were talking about that earlier today on The Bird Show. And I've never bought clothes off of Facebook, but I have bought some clothes off of Instagram. And boy, was I mad. I mean, I bought these jackets and this sweatshirt once. And I told myself, I will never buy clothes off of Instagram. I just won't do it. But I saw some jackets that were just for me. Oh, they had my name on them. And at the time, I wasn't as aware as I am now about how social media knows how to present things to you that are in your wheelhouse. Because it's literally what they do. I didn't know. I was still ignorant at this time. So when I saw these sweatshirts and hoodies that damn near literally had my name on them. I mean, it had everything but my name on them. They were me. They were everything that I had been shopping for for the last year of my life because, well, Instagram and Facebook was putting this together. I didn't know. So there I am looking at them. I said, give me three of them. Now, I'm not a complete idiot. I knew to get some sizes bigger because... I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm pretty sure that wherever they're coming from, I'm going to have to get a size a little larger. So I got the extra large. And at that time, I was wearing a medium. So I thought, this is plenty of space. Oh, they sent me some jackets I couldn't have fit when I was seven. There's no way. I'd have struggled then. What size did I need to buy? And I wasn't even really completely mad. That they didn't fit. I was mad that they were so fire. Like it wasn't bad quality. Well they were they were dope. I couldn't wait to go. You ever try something on? And it's so dope. That even though you know damn well it don't fit you. You try to convince yourself that it does. I'm looking in the mirror like okay. Maybe if I just hold my hands right here the whole night. Nobody will notice. I just can't wave and shit. The moment I wave my entire belly button is out. If I get real excited, my chest is out. Everything. Whole shirt is on my neck. I can't get excited. I can't bring a plane in. If the waiter comes by and goes, yo, who's this Hennessy for? I can't put a hand in the air and go, me. Nope. Chest is out. Nipples. If somebody walks in and goes, where's Mo? I can't go here. Nipples. Can't do it. But you try to convince yourself that I can make this work. No, you can't. And I knew it. But I can't just take it back to the store. But it pissed me off because what size was I supposed to get? I ordered two sizes bigger to get something that was two sizes too small. So I was supposed to get a 36X as a large? What are we doing? And my little cousin comes over. He sees the jackets. These are crazy. Where did you get these from? He puts them on. He's doing all kinds of moves. Giving angles to the world. Oh, I can wear it like this. He's doing cartwheels, backflips. It fits him perfect. What I'm going to do? I had to give it to him. Take it, man. I can have it? Yo, just take it, man. Well, why don't you want it? Because my nipples are out if I say hello to someone. It's yours. I bought three of them. Damn it. And Instagram has shown me 464 jackets since then, and it's never been that one. Because I would certainly have ordered the 36X if I saw it again. Because the jacket was fire. Who's next? Last thing I'm mad at. Ladies, I want to talk to y'all for a second. I always find myself having conversations with the women in my life who I love. 
They come to me and they want to know things about men. And I respect that. Because that's how it should be. Ladies, if you need advice on dealing with a man, you know who you should go to? A man. <laughs> Same thing with the fellas. Fellas, you need advice on how to deal with a woman? Go to a woman. I don't know why people always need advice and then go to the opposite sex and say, help me. They don't know. They're in the same struggle you're in. You have to go to a man, which is why I get excited when any of the women who I love in my life come to me for advice about a man. But any of these women come to me and they go, Mo, I don't know what's going on. And I can't help but wonder, why do y'all always need advice about things that y'all already know the end? Y'all be knowing, man. And I've had women tell me, Mo, it hit different when it comes from a man. Sometimes you can't hear it from your girls. You got to hear it from another man. And I respect that. But at the same time, you already know. I've had friends and my, I've had friends come up to me. Man, this dude only seems like he makes time for me every once in a while. Sometimes I'll see him for three days straight. Then I won't hear from him for a week. Maybe two. But then he'll come back around for another three days. What does that mean? You know what that means. It's time for you when it's convenient. Why do you come to me and force me to say that? When you already knew that. And if you're not happy with that schedule, then that's on you. But if you are, do your thing. Either way, don't force me to be the guy to say, hey, you know how during the All-Star game, there's starters and there's a bench? And even those players on the bench are all-stars, so they should probably not feel too bad about themselves. Well, that's you, Paul George. Like, don't force me to say that. I don't want to say that. Oh, Mo, now I see it. No, you didn't need me. <laughs> you didn't need me to tell you that when you came to Atlanta for All-Star Weekend and he didn't answer the phone, even though he told you he would, what actually happened? You didn't need that. And I don't understand why I do this. Whatever that man is showing you, believe it. It's that simple. I ain't gonna say nothing else because the fellas have killed me. Moving on. Alright, let's get in a shout out. I dreamed it all ever since I was young. They said I won't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. Shout out to Michelle Obama. Absolute queen. Queen of all queens, in fact. Uh, she's to be inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Forever my first lady. When they go low, we go high. Her being inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame during Women's History Month. Well, what could be more fitting? Shout out to her. And shout out to all the beautiful women doing beautiful things. This is your moment. That is you. Shout out to you. You see a woman clapping and you know that she shouldn't be clapping right now. Look at her and go, neighbor. <laughs> this one's not for you. You got to wait for it. Shout out to the queen. Shout out to my father. Yeah. Came to visit me the past weekend. We had a great weekend. I needed it. Was going through a lot. It was good to see him. Shout out to that guy. I will say this, though. Had an amazing time with him. But I'm still recovering from hanging out with my father. Technically, I should have put this into why I'm mad segment because I'm mad at that fact that I'm still recovering when we saw each other so long ago. And it's because 
Growing up, I feel like everybody told me all of the things that were going to make it difficult to grow up, right? Your bones are going to hurt. You're going to be tired all the time. You hear all these things. But I don't think anyone told me about how different hangovers would be. My God. Hangovers in your 30s? Oh, I don't even want to know. If they get worse, don't tell me. But it's a very far cry from hangovers in your 20s. I promise. A hangover in your 30s will make you stop drinking. Just stop. In your 20s, you only had like a few of those. It was a couple times in your 20s. You used to look up and go, God, I promise you I'm done. Most of the time, it didn't get that bad. In your 30s, that's every hangover. Every one. Yo, God, me again. (laughs) I feel like in my 20s, no matter how bad it was, I'd find a way to keep going. If I had to be to work in three hours, that's fine. Let me just lay my head down, get up in three, and we good. We out here. At work, still smell like vodka. Don't think anyone notices. Nope, I got this. Do what you gotta do. In your 30s, not so much. Not so much. I used to, you know, if I drunk on a Saturday night in my 20s, yeah, I probably wasn't myself on Sunday till about 12, 1, the latest. By 1 p.m., I'm ready to go. Fam, I need the entire Sunday. I mean, like literally, my hangovers last 24 hours. I will get back to you on Monday, and that is not a guarantee. It might be Wednesday. I'm not sure. Just depends. Hanging out with my father? I was hungover for four days. I don't understand how this man can go like this. I don't get it. He go right back to work like nothing ever happened. I be sitting in the house still like evaluating my entire life. I don't understand why I feel like this. A hangover in your 20s feels like, damn, I had a great night. A hangover in your 30s makes you feel like, is this shit really worth it? It's a different feeling. (laughs) I don't know if I had that much fun last night. To feel the way that I feel right now, it might no longer be worth it. I'm trying to get rid of these hangovers. They keep coming back. Won't just leave me alone. Like Stacey Dash in the black community. Every time I try to leave... Ah, we good. <laughs> Been trying to get rid of you for years. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. We had a lot of potential. You could have been great. But no, you made me sick. Hangovers and Stacy Dash is the same damn thing. It's a damn shame when your last name is Dash and Damon had a better legacy. <laughs> Dame, I'm joking, man. I'm joking. I, I, like, I love Dame. Shout out to Dame Dash. Who's next? I'm mad at something my father said, too, because it made me realize that I'm not as mature as I think I am. But my father and I were talking, and we were talking about high school reunions. You know, he has to go back to his high school reunion, and sometimes you just don't recognize some people. Sometimes you do. You know, and I asked him. I said, if you had ran into someone you talked to back in the day, would you want them to be doing well, or what would you want? And he said, I'd, I'd hope she was doing well, you know. Doing really good for herself. Looking good and all that so that it looks good on you. You can say, yes, that's someone that I used to date. And in that moment, I realized, wow. It's a level of maturity I've never experienced. I want her to look like shit. (laughs) I want her to look good. Nah, I don't have that kind of maturity in me. I want to feel like, damn it, it all went downhill when she left. 
nothing went well. No, my father was like, I hope that she's doing well. So that's, that gave me inspiration to a new level of maturity that I clearly need to reach. But then I think of the fact that once I get to that level, hangovers will probably be worse. So I'm not rushing it. But either way, shout out to my old man. Real quick shout out to Barbers. Just because you all appreciate it. Barbies don't get enough love sometimes, man. I was watching it coming to America. The number two. Two is in the middle. That's part two. And for those of you who are wondering my opinion, I gave it on the Bird Show. But I, I think it was good for what it was worth. I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think it was an incredible movie. It was just it was just good. I loved all of the Black Pride in it. The soundtrack was great. Um, I loved Wesley Snipes in it. I loved the flashbacks to the past. Eddie still did his thing. I didn't really like the storyline. I felt like they could have did something better with the main character. I'm not going to lie. Something was missing there. It just didn't connect. But it was what it was. I never expected it to be coming to America. It's a whole different time, whole different situation. I expected it to be pretty much what it was. And I don't think it was horrible. It was. It just was what it was, right? But one of the things I noticed... And I was talking to my barber about this, which is what made me think about it. But all of the barbers in this movie didn't age. (laughs) They're the only people in the movie who 30 years later look the exact same. And it made me think of something that I never really paid attention to. But has anyone ever stopped to imagine how it feels to be that barber? And I don't know if other places go through this. But in New York, this is a thing. Have you ever imagined how it is to be that barber that... Everybody else has appointments all day and your chair empty. You're just standing there. People just keep walking in and not giving you eye contact because they know if you look at them, you're going to ask to come get in their chair. They won't do that. So you just don't look at them. I've times I've walked into barbershops and knew that my guy was going to slide me in and there were eight people there already waiting for him. And it was always the guy in the corner whose chair was just empty. There's 30 people in the barbershop. Nobody wants to go over there. Everybody is waiting. So he has to accept the reality that there are at least 10 people in this barbershop who are willing to wait 45 minutes or maybe even two hours to get a haircut before they go and get theirs with him right at the moment. Man, that's a tough life, man. I come over there and just cut your shit even if you ain't asked me to. You know what? Somebody going to get this cut. You want me to finish it now? Huh? Oops, excuse me. They ain't gonna just have me over here with my empty chair. I'm going home. I feel like that's a part of what barbers have to go through. No different than when comedians start off and they got three people in the crowd and they got to do what they got to do. So I ain't clowning. I'm just saying a shout out to that man. I don't know what that's like. And he always asks you too. Yo, you want me to get you? Nah, I'm cool. I'm gonna wait for Jason. All right. Jason ain't going to be here until tomorrow. That's fine. I'll just wait. Yo, you want me to get you? Nah. I'm waiting for Jason, too. But by the time Jason get to you, it's going to be next week. That's cool. I'll wait. He don't deserve that. Shout out to that guy. Who's next? All right, let's get down to business. You give me the business. So Piers Morgan stormed off the set as the Meghan Markle discussion got heated because presenter Alex Beresford, I think that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if it's not because the man is a legend at the moment. But either way, 
he gave this man the business, and then he stormed off the set. And I don't have much to say about this because we've talked about it all week, and I basically said on the Bird Show that I just wish that the cameramen that Maury have were there so that they could have just followed him with the cameras the entire way offset. I mean, all the way to his house, in the car. You know, when they always hit the camera, get the camera out my face. I just wanted the whole thing. Like, follow that man home, right? But the only thing I really want to say about this is it's, this moment was epic. To the point of where I'm not sure how many people realize how epic it is. To be such a privileged individual, right? In this situation, that you so freely talk about someone else all the time. Just talk about other people. Bully other people. Particularly women. Black women. So much to say. And in a moment someone gives you just a little drop of truth. In your face. Oh, you can't wait to run. I am out of here. I don't have to take this. The level of cowardice. I mean, let's call it what it is. The man's a coward. But it's like, that to me was the face of so many different things. It's the face of racism. It's the face of social media. (laughs) The face of all the men in this position. Money, power, privilege, all that. You sit there and talk about people all day. In a moment that somebody says something about you. You run? Man. We all know somebody like that. We all have to deal with somebody like that. Work with somebody like that. Some of us are in a relationship with a person like that. (laughs) But to see it in its purest form. Someone who has so much to say. In the moment you're faced with your own medicine. It made you sick. Well, ain't that a bitch. Boy, did I enjoy seeing him storm off. And all it took was to bring up the fact that Megan ghosted him? That was it? Oh, did that man go into his feelings? He thought when he bought her that drink, it was on. Nah. I heard there's a prince in the building. I'll be right back. When doves cry, maybe you're just like your father. Oh. What a victorious moment. Yeah. That was a victory if you ask me. Something I thought was funny, right? Um, Sangatory Lanes posted a tweet. And the tweet said, never forget. We all wanted to be Bow Wow at one time in our lives as kids. We all wanted some random shoes to make us like Mike. We all wanted the puppies and models in his videos. And we definitely wanted to call Snoop our uncle. Laugh my ass off. Happy G-Day shot. Which is him saying happy birthday to Lil Bow Wow. And most people in the comments were saying, yo, this is actually true. And it is. A lot of people did actually want to be Lil Bow Wow when we were younger, when he was in that that position. Lil Bow Wow has since then done a lot of questionable things as an adult that has made people make a fool out of him every time that they get the opportunity to. But in reality, he makes a fool out of himself more than people make a fool out of him. However, I wanted to first say that that's a true statement. And people were like, give Bow Wow his flowers. That's fair. At the same time, 
takes me back to that conversation with my father of, damn, how often do you see this story? This is a thing. Has Facebook ever caused you to go back and look at some of the people you went to high school with and just think to yourself, damn, homie, in high school you was the man, homie. The fuck happened to you? Sometimes you got to go see how other people are doing to see how you measure up. And I've never gone to a reunion or anything like that, but I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have a reunion of my own. Sometimes I've gone to Facebook and I've looked at the guy who was the man in high school. Sometimes you got to go look at the guy that the girl you had a crush on chose over you just to feel good. <laughs> you got to see how you measure up. How good he's doing in life is going to determine how motivated I am for the next two or three months. I ain't come by to hate. Just to look at the scoreboard and make sure I was still up. That's it. You have a look and go, damn, this was the guy back then. At the same school that I went to. Boy, were they wrong. Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. The fuck happened to you? They told me I was most likely to be funny. They ain't even say I was most likely to be successful. I was funny then. That wasn't even like a big jump. It wasn't like you was taking a leap of faith by saying I was going to be funny in the future. Why didn't anybody think I was going to be successful? I got all of the dumb ones, like most likely to be handsome. All right. I ain't get like most likely to be an astronaut. That's the one I was going for. Sometimes you got to look back in order to look up. And then you write them a message. It just says scoreboard. They write you back. What's up, fam? What's that mean? Don't worry, worry about buddy. it, Don't sweetheart. worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> just know I'm up. Speaking of scoreboard, you know who up right now? Bruno Mars. Yo, Bruno Mars is on fire. I don't even have anything else to say in this moment other than, boy, I sure didn't think it was possible for Bruno Mars to keep going at this level for as long as he has. But damn it, the first time I heard this song, I knew it was the song of the summer. Anytime you hear a song that make you go, damn, I can't wait for summer. Fam, that's the one. It's over for the rest of you. No one else should make music this summer. Bruno is different. <laughs> what are y'all gonna do with him? And not only is the song amazing, like everybody knows that, but I feel like everybody in their life has had that situation where you was going to see your little boo thing, and you got on a train, you got in an Uber, you got on a bus, some of you walked, Whatever you had to do, wherever you were in that moment, got all the way to the crib, and she fell asleep. And she wasn't answering the phone. Now you call her 47 times before you get back on the damn train, the bus, the Uber, your feet, shiver legs. You gotta go back. It should have kept the damn door open, man. Leave the door open. It was Bruno when I was young Then again Maybe that's also why he got caught Sniffing that cocaine in the bathroom Cause his ass left the door open But that's not the point Point is cocaine is a hell of a drug Cause Rick James was a bad man And so is Bruno Mars Who's next? Man this week was kinda crazy for me In a lot of different ways And it got me to realizing a few things talking to a good friend of mine and we had a good conversation about this and it's an unfortunate one but it's reality at some point in your life you get to a point 
where you're forced to realize that everybody does not want to see you win. And I think most of us know throughout the majority of our life that everybody doesn't want to see you win. But I think a lot of us find out later that by everybody, that includes a lot of the people in your circle or that you have to see every day. Everybody's not clapping for you. I always hear that old saying that people want to see you do good until you're doing better than them. There's so much reality in that. And it's unfortunate because I didn't realize how many of the people close to me were hating on me until I started to see a little bit of success. And that's normally what it takes because everybody's rooting for you when you don't have anything. For some reason, they're cheering. They get a little something. It's like, ah, all right. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady had a lot more fans his first Super Bowl than he does now. People want to see you win. They just don't want to see you get too good at winning. Why is that? Why do so many people act as if their success is somehow built into how successful you are? Jay-Z once said, what you eat don't make me shit. Respect the game. That should be it. What you eat don't make me shit. Why don't more people know that? Everybody is not your friend. That's hard for a lot of people to hear. But it's true. I have people all the time, but I've known them forever. So? But they always been by my side. So? I have people say things today like, yo, that's my best friend in the world. But sometimes I feel like she's jealous of me. She don't really want to see me do well. That's the weirdest statement ever to me. Then how is that your best friend? How do you even have to question that? Yo, that's my friend, but sometimes she be jealous of me. What? Maybe it's my mind, but to me, that means that person is not a friend at all. I've never been jealous of a friend. I've never been jealous of anyone, but I've certainly never been jealous of a friend. I can't comprehend that. And I understand it because I've seen it happen. But it made me question myself. There were times in my life when I would dumb down my successes because I didn't want to make the person around me feel awkward. That's a problem. Why would you ever be around somebody you feel like you can't completely be yourself or you can't completely share your victories with? I've been there. I've known circumstances where if I were telling somebody some bad news, I'd watch them light up. Christmas tree time. The moment I tell him I'm really out here killing it. Lights out, niggas. Well, them lights don't work anymore. Now it's lights out. They're not even clapping. Yo, I'm happy to hear that. Are you? I couldn't tell. I done got to the point in my life where energy means so much. If I even think. But you ain't happy for me? I'm not mad at you. Just don't want to be around anymore. There shouldn't be anybody in your life that you feel uncomfortable sharing good news with. You shouldn't have to dumb it down in order to protect them. Your victory should inspire them. You're already going to have to deal with people like that at work. You're already going to have to deal with people like that at church. You're already going to have to deal with people like that on your everyday walk. You got to deal with people like that in your circle? So everybody on the Bulls wasn't happy to get a ring, huh? Looking at Joe in some kind of way. It's really like that. So many people still question it. I don't want to have to come home and think to myself, is this person really my friend? Does this person really have my back? I have too many other things to think about. If I got to think about that, well, in the words of Steve Harvey, everybody who come with you can't go with you. I don't know why people normalize that or those kind of relationships. Man, if you can't be happy for me, there's no space for you. I've gotten to the point where it's difficult for me to be around people who think negatively. And that doesn't come from a judgmental place because... I used to be that person. 
there was a time in my life when I couldn't necessarily see the positive in things either. And I used to say to myself, I'm not being negative, I'm being realistic. It's not a pessimist, it's a realist. That's how I justified it, and I believe that. But in some circumstances, actually in most, nah, actually, you're being negative, fam. <laughs> and once you get beyond that, get a little past that, man, it's so difficult to be around that. I got people in my life I love, but I just can't be around them. Everything is negative. Oh, it's not going to go well. Oh, if you do that, the worst will happen. Oh, you got everything to lose. Yo, maybe you really feel that way. But do me a favor. Keep it over there. <laughs> I'm not mad that you have those thoughts. I'd just rather you not share them. People will limit your dreams or your potential or what you're capable of because they're not. And I used to believe in that. Nah, a black man ain't never did that before. So? Yo, fam, that doesn't happen for us. No, it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't happen for you. <laughs> it's gonna happen for me. I can't tell you how many times, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I didn't see it then. That was somebody trying to stunt my growth, trying to stop my shine. And sometimes they don't realize they're doing it. They're not doing it on purpose. They don't know that they're in that place. And you can try to help them. You can try to be as loyal as you want to be and as helpful as you think you can, but they're not going to get it until they get it. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's damn sure a necessary one. Made me think of Drake when he says, That night I played her three songs. Then we got to talking about something we disagreed on. Then she started telling me how I'd never be as big as Trey songs. Boy, was she wrong. That was just negative energy for me to feed off. Boy, was she wrong. You imagine what she's thinking of herself now? That's how I want my exes to look. <laughs> Just like the guy who took Beyonce to the prom and then let her go. Oh. They did a little news special with him. He was pretending to be happy. Oh, man, things work out the way they're supposed to. Fam, you are depressed. Yo, I don't care what he say. There's nothing you can say to me that will convince me that that man is not one of the most depressed Men walking the earth. Same thing with her. I'm not saying that the clown. I'm saying it because when you're on the other side of it, you never forget. I will never forget the day, the literal day, that I thought I was ready to go on stage and be a comedian. And I wasn't. God had to teach me a lesson first. It was the only time in my life where I just didn't have a great night on stage. Just didn't. It was like my third time trying to do it. My heart was telling me to do it. But I just had a bad night. And at that time, negative thinking... I got down on myself and I went out, had some drinks. And I remember this girl saying, what do you do for a living? And my dude kind of nudged me because at the time I used to never say I was a comedian, but he used to say, no, say you're a comedian because that's what you are. So I said I was a comedian and she was like, comedian. Ugh, you think you Kevin Hart? And I felt like, first of all, dummy, like Kevin Hart's not the only comedian on the planet. What the? Can there be no other comedian? <laughs> I didn't even understand like what this was her reaction for. But in her mind, ugh, I will only listen to Kevin Hart. Alright. He's the only comedian on the planet. Alright. I ain't hate on Kevin. But I damn sure hate it on her. <laughs> Remember you said that. 
That same girl hit me up a couple weeks ago talking about, oh my God, did you see the first 30 minutes of Kevin Hart's special? It was trash. That night I played her three songs. Then we got to talking about something we disagreed on. Then she started telling me how I'd never be as big as Trey songs. Boy, was she wrong. That was just negative energy for me to feed off. I wrote it back. Yeah, trash, huh? Takes one to know one. Certain you recognize it when you see it. She wrote me back, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Boy, was she wrong. Point is, don't let other people project their energy on you. Can't. Ever. Man, they everywhere. It's rare I run into somebody who can match my energy with this positivity. And when you get there, you need it. You can't go back. Hard as hell to get up out of that pool. That pool of negativity, but when you get out, you ain't going back. Nope. Love you. See you later. Who's next? Heard a nice little excerpt to this book the other day by Ellen Lomax called Scarsdale Blue. People with scars scar people. And people like you scarred people or people scarred by scarred people. Welcome to the Hurt Fest. Have you any regards or regrets? Or is your heart hard and set to disperse pain every chance it get through every work in vain it can hit to destroy those within the chosen path that it pick and inflict more scars? Reminds me of the simple fact that hurt people hurt people. Hear it all the time. They don't mean it. Just can't let it affect you. Face it. When you truly start to dive into your purpose, feel comfortable being you are, oh, they're going to hate. Oh, they're going to really hate. And they're going to love every second that they hate. That's the weird thing about it. They'll put more energy into hating someone else than they will into loving themselves. Because if you loved yourself just a little more, it might have a little less hate to give. They don't know any better. But that's not your problem. Your goal is to let them keep hating. And let them keep waiting for you to fall. Keep waiting. I mean, I've been giving y'all bars all episode. This is ridiculous. Moving on. Who's next? Laugh of the week. My uncle called me and told me about this story. Where he told his wife not to go get her car fixed. At this family shop. And the reason he told her not to do that is because basically the family shop was trash, right? And this goes back to what I was just talking about earlier, where sometimes the unfortunate truth is you can't always trust your family or your friends. Everybody's not clapping for you. Same thing with the business, man. You want to support your friends? You want to support your family's business? But sometimes you can't. That's one of the things you see all of the time, too. People that spend $3,000 in Gucci and then come to you and be like, yo... You offering discounts for your $20 comedy show? Fam. Oh, you rather support Gucci? Oh. Why well, you always want a discount when it comes to family? That's nasty. Stop asking family for a discount. You should be prepared to pay more because it's family, not less. But that's for another day. But in this instance, she wanted to go support the family business. And my uncle went and did it once because he was taking her advice. And he said, yo, I'm going to go support the family business. And I thought it was the funniest thing because he said when he did... He took his car there, and when he went to go pick up his car, the guy wasn't finished with the car. Still working on the car when he got there. You don't ever want that to happen. You know, when you show up, you want your car to be done, shining, waxed, waiting for you. You don't want to, you don't want zoom, 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 zoom. You see your car on the way, you ain't never seen it before. You don't want that. Go see a family member at the hospital. You don't want to see them in mid-surgery. You want to see them propped up with some flowers, ready to leave, right? Same thing with a car. So he waited for the guy to finish. Finally, guy finishes and my uncle goes to open the car and he sees there's four screws in the seat. And he picked up the screws. He looked at him and he said, yo, where do these go? 
He said, dude said, mm-mm. My uncle was like, what the hell you mean, mm-mm? You got to give me something better than that, fam. It's a whole car. I got to drive this home. Where do these go? He said, bro, I told you. Mm-mm. Can you imagine you find four screws and somebody tell you, mm-mm? Yo, am I going to make it home? Mm-mm. It's just certain questions. Mm-mm. Don't cut it for. Like, that's why you can't. Imagine going to a family doctor. Doc, I'm going to live. Mm-mm. <laughs> you go to work. Yo, boss, I'm going to get paid this week. Mm-mm. Like, certain positions. Mm-mm. Ain't going to do it. Support your family. When the family gives you a reason to support them. That was the laugh of the week. Who's next? Reflective moment of the week. Watch your friends, man. Talking about friends and family. You know how you watch your friends and your family? I was talking to Jade earlier this week. Jade and Mo 3 to 7, Q99.7, Monday to Friday. Y'all know what time it is. And we started talking about having people take pictures for you. If you ever want to know if somebody really got your back in life, ask them to take a picture of you. Just watch how they react. Some people going to act like they don't really want to do it. You got to watch them. They don't want to see you develop. Think about it. Right? Some people going to take it. They only going to take one picture. Here you go. They ain't even going to look at it. That's the kind of friends I got. Yo, take a picture, fam. All right. Yo, you ain't even look at it. Nah, it's good. Wow. Wow, you're not going to double check? If you give somebody the phone and they take one picture of you, that's not your friend. It's a minimum of three pics. With three different angles. I'm not even talking about just standing there with the phone and pressing the button three times. That don't count. You got to give me angles. If when your friend take your picture, they don't give you angles, that's not your friend. I don't care what they say. If your friend don't stand on the table to give you the angle or lay on the ground on top of gum, if they don't put their face, I mean cheek to the sidewalk, fam, that's a friend. If your friend don't tell you back up a little bit to the left, yo, put your hands in your pocket. Nah, take it back out. I didn't like that. That's that's not a friend. If you give your phone to your friend and say, take a picture, and they literally don't say one word to you and just snap it, they don't offer you no advice, they don't tell you to stand inside of the waterfall, something's wrong. Next time you out and you want to test your friend, give them your phone, say, take a pic, or have them take it with their phone. If they don't send you the pic within the hour, mm, some of y'all got friends that get the pics to you three, four days later. Seven days, seven nights, don't even do that. These dudes that's not even really photographers and just buy cameras and say that they are to take pictures of half-naked women and get the pics to you faster than that. Is that really your friend? Your friend should give you angles, multiple shots, and then hand you the phone and ask you, yo, these good? If they just hand it to you and don't even care about how you feel about the picture, is that really your friend? Mm-hmm. These are questions you have to ask. Quote of the week, Drake once said, And that's around the time that your idols become your rivals. You make friends with Mike, but got an AI him for your survival. What that means, there's always been this talk about making your idols your rivals. The guys you used to look up to in your industry. One day you become a part of that industry, and now they're your competition. And that's considered making it. The dudes you used to look at and go, wow, used to look up to him. Now I'm in the same room with him. And competing with him doesn't necessarily mean a negative thing. It could just be we in the same industry. He recognizes me. He notices me. I'm a part of this. That's a win. 
When AI was a rookie, he stepped to Michael Jordan. And he crossed him. Did him dirty. And it was the moment that Drake was talking about in that lyric. But that moment was big for him because he grew up watching Jordan. And then he had his moment with him. Gave him the uh-uh splash. That's a moment. That's a moment for anybody. That's the moment you strive for. To look up to somebody that's in your industry and to give them praise and then to get there and to go at it with them. That's the moment. But y'all know me. I always think a little deeper. But that really did get me to thinking. For most of us, that goal would be good enough. And dope as hell if you accomplish it. Make your idols your rivals, right? Then I thought of an idol. Kobe Bean Bryant. God rest his soul. Kobe did what he was always known to do when you think about it. He took it one step further. Because when Michael Jordan was at his funeral, he couldn't stop crying. And at some point he said his dude was like a little brother. And he said he idolized me. But I idolized him. He made somebody who he looked at as an idol look at him as an idol. That's taking it a step further. Not a rival. Not going to make you a rival. You're going to idolize me. So many people wouldn't even dream that far. You wouldn't even see that as a possibility. But that's what that man accomplished. That was no coincidence. That's the way he thought in everything he did. And it just made me realize that most of the time when you're on that last rep, And you think all you got is 10, you got 11. Think a step further. Do just a little bit more and watch what happens. It could be pretty damn spectacular. Keep believing in yourself. And as always, it's been a pleasure to share the moment with you. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, bitches. I mean, it's just a lot of moments in life where that can't happen for confidence reasons. Imagine you just finished doing your thing thing with somebody. And you ask him, yo, how was it? Mm-hmm. Let me get a lemon pepper order, please. You gotta head a link before you order these. Docking jet skis in the Florida Keys. We all grateful for Wheezy, but no one more than me. You just found a bottle with the messages. These days, fame is disconnected from excellence. Half the time, I gotta ask niggas what they profession is. Usher the generation, and these are where my professions live. Did brunch with the judge we appearing before Private villas only, I don't go near a resort We want everything galore, not just lyric galore For real And my city love me like DeMarta Rosen I sent her the child support, she sent me the heart emoji They all say they love me, but they hardly know me Yeah Dropped them off at school, big day for my little man Recess hits, daddy probably made another M School bell rings and I'm out there to get him again